All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mindful Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jay Nickel. Today, we are going to do a deep dive into sleeping systems, and we're going to mix things up a little bit. Because I just did a solo cast last week, I'm not going to bother diving into any of the training or diet or shit like that, because to be quite honest with you, not a lot has changed in the last week, at least not enough to warrant a discussion. Um, a couple little hiccups this week, so wasn't able to get a guest on. So I decided I would do a, a second solo cast and I got really good feedback on the shelter 101. So I thought, okay, what comes next after your shelter? Let's do a sleep system 101. Um, and we're going completely off the cuff this week. Normally I try and prepare, you know, a pretty thorough outline just to keep me on topic and make sure I don't, you know, rant or rave too much and, and I stay focused but to be completely transparent, I just got a ton of shit going on with work right now. My wife is out of town this week. I'm watching my kids solo and there just wasn't that much time. So I'm literally recording this about an hour before I normally post. So it is what it is. We're going to do the best we can under the circumstances. So it's probably going to be a little bit shorter, but we're going to stay focused and we're going to stay on point. Um, and I got a bunch of Instagram questions that we can end the episode with. So at the very least, we should be able to help some folks with some questions that they have. So let's back up and talk about context because much like the rest of our gear systems, our sleep system has multiple right answers. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that what's the, we have a problem. The problem is I need to go to sleep and I need to be relatively dry and warm to be able to do that. Now, by putting together different combinations of shelters, sleeping bags, sleeping pads, clothes, puffy layers, etc., we can solve that problem in a different way. So I'm what I'm not here to do is to provide a one size fits all sleeping system recommendation. Because to be quite honest with you, that's just not the way it works. Instead, what I want to do is talk about some basic principles that sleep systems have. And once we understand those principles, we can apply them to a variety of problems and come up with realistic solutions. So one of the first things we need to think about when we're thinking about our sleep system is a combination of a bag and a pad of some kind. Now, one of the first things I normally think of when I'm trying to decide what sleeping system to bring is what, what's the temperature going to be? I normally think about whether second, I think it's almost equally as important because it could heavily weigh in on your decision about what material, what fill you want to take. But ultimately for me, the question starts with temperature because then that's going to dictate how big of a bag I need to bring. And then after that, based on how wet I think it's going to be, I can then start making some decisions about uh, down versus synthetic. So before I get any further, let's talk about my arsenal. Like what tools do I have at my disposal? So I currently own three sleeping pads 
I have a Neo Air X-Lite. I have a Big Agnes Q-Core SLX, and I have an X-Ped Down Mat Hyperlite Winter. Now, those I would say are a good kind of cross-section of sleeping pads that you have available. And I think the sleeping pad choice is simpler than the sleeping bag choice because essentially there's two main variables you need to think of when you're when you're considering a sleeping pad and that is comfort and temperature. And obviously those two things are interrelated. If it's really cold and you take a pad that's not up to that particular temperature, then obviously you're going to be very uncomfortable. But when I say comfort, I'm referring more to like the thickness of the pad, how that relates to the weight of the pad, what you're willing to carry. I I think I took a fairly traditional route into sleeping pads in that I bought one of the more expensive, lighter pads on the market, and that's the Neo Air X-Lite. And you will hear people rave about this pad. I think it has a lot of strong features. Um, it's extraordinarily lightweight. It's surprisingly durable. It does have a quite a, a high R value for the type of pad that it is. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't use mine anymore at all. I came to the conclusion that for a guy my size, I think the Neo Air X-Lite is literally two inches thick. So kind of no matter how you sleep on that thing, you end up pushing through it to the ground. And especially if you sleep on your side, which, which I do. The other thing about the Neo Air X-Lite that's somewhat surprising or frustrating is that the baffles run horizontally, not vertically. And what happens because of that is I feel like the center of the pad, it's a little high centered. It's a little thicker in the center than out towards the edges. And so I always feel like I'm kind of rolling off that pad. So then the next question is, okay, that pad isn't comfortable enough. The temperature rating is good. The durability is good. What now can I what other pads can I go look at that would kind of increase my comfort rating, but still keep me in an acceptable kind of range. That's when I came across the Big Agnes Q-Core SLX, and I have the long wide version. Now, it is significantly heavier than the um, NeoAir X-Lite. I think the NeoAir X-Lite might be 12 ounces, and the 25 by 72 version of the Q-Core is 22 ounces. So it's 10 ounces more. So it's more than half a pound heavier. You're looking at approximately a pound and a half total weight for the Q-Core SLX. Now, another pad that I've had recommended to me is the Sea to Summit Etherlite XT. Shout out Kevin for that particular recommendation. And for the large, wide, rectangular version that particular pad weighs in at 24 ounces, which is just an extra two ounces. And I think it actually comes with a stuff sack slash um, like inflationary device pump sack that accounts for that extra two ounces. Now, I want to make something clear about both the C to Summit pad and the Q-Core SLX pad. Both of these pads are approximately four inches thick. 
Qcore is a little bit different. I think it's 3.75 in the interior. And then the two side baffles are 4.25, which kind of creates this little bit of a buffer that keeps you from rolling off the pad that I like a great deal. But unless you are under severe weight restrictions, like I can't even think of a hunt. Like, yeah, let's just say you'd have to be under severe weight restrictions for me to go with a pad that has any less structure or less kind of thickness than that. Because after a couple of years of sleeping on the Neo Air X Lite and then sleeping on the Qcore SLX, like it's just night and day. So really my kind of um, do it all sleeping pad is the Qcore SLX. Um, and I think the C to Summit would be another option if you want to try another manufacturer. Um, and there might be a couple more out there, but these two in particular, I think are good all around mats. Also, I'm quoting on the single biggest version of the mats. And I want to take a moment and talk about mat shape. I really don't like mummy mats. Um, I'm a side sleeper. And so when I bend at the knees, I feel like I'm, my legs are always going to fall off the mat of those mats that are tapered down towards the bottom. So for me, I want a mat for my all around mat, like my three season mat. I want something that is, you know, three and a half to four inches thick. I want the, the largest rectangular version that they sell. I want to be in that kind of pound and a half range and recognize I'm taking a little bit of a hit in the weight department, but that's going to translate to higher sleep quality. And if I can, if, in, in, if I can hit all those qualifications, I'm I'm a happy man. Um, I sleep particularly warm, and for the majority of three season situations. I don't need a pad that has an R value that is any greater than those two pads. Now, the C to Sky has an R value of 3.2, and the Q Core also has an R value of 3.2. I think the Neo Air is actually somewhere somewhere in there as, as, as well. And for me, for three-season use, and I've even used the Q Core SLX with my quilt quite a bit, which I'll talk about a little bit more when we get into the sleeping pad section or the sleeping bag section. But basically with a quilt, you have no bottom on the bag. So the only insulation that you, your body receives is that from the pad itself. So even in a three season situation in you know mid to late October, sleeping on my quilt, I was totally fine with the Qcore SLX. So I like thinking of my sleeping pads as... What's going to be my all-around pad? And then what specialty pads do I need that aren't addressed by that all-around pad? Right now, the only specialty hunting situation that I have outside of the typical three-season requirements is my late-season February goat hunt. Now, a lot of people choose to use the NeoAir X-Therm for their four season pad. Um, I think it's a really good pad. I've never particularly slept on it, but a lot of people that I respect tend to recommend it quite a lot. I just had a bit of a bad taste in my mouth from my experience with the Neo Air X Lite. And so I wanted to stay away from the X Therm. Now, one thing to note, when you start getting into bags that ha that are that are more focused on late season, 
you start running into different materials as well. So you'll start actually having pads that not only have air in them, but they also have down. Most three-season pads, as well as the four-season pads, will also have some type of reflective material. Like you'll almost see this like wavy tinfoil inside, and that's to reflect the body heat back towards you so it doesn't go down and, and through the ground. Um, the reason that I decided to go with the X-Ped down mat is that it had an extremely high R value of 7.1. It was three and a half inches thick, and it weighed in at just less than 24 ounces. So it's essentially the same characteristics as my Q-Core, only it goes from an R value of 3.2 all the way to an R value of 7.1. Now, the one concession that you have to make with the XPED down mat hyperlight is that that hyperlight distinction is their way of classifying the difference between a rectangular mat and a mummy mat. Now, I did say I don't tend to like mummy mats, and I, I kind of got this one, not before I'd really made that decision, but I was really at a, a weight impasse with my goat hunt. I had more weight already. I went in with a 91-pound pack, and I had more weight already than I wanted to take, and I, I was trying to shave as much weight as possible. And I will say that because the X-Ped is a thicker mat and because the long wide is actually like there's some, it's, it's a decent size mat, it didn't bother me as much. So this is one of the rare situations when I think I would feel comfortable recommending the mummy size because you're going to save, I think it's pretty significant. I think you're saving like five to six ounces. Um, but for a winter pad, again, you're going to want something in that seven plus range. It might get a little bit heavier if you want to stick with the large, wide, rectangular. Um, and I highly recommend having some type of internal insulation in the pad like down itself. Now, I want to add a bit of a caveat to that because when you have down in your sleeping pad, it reacts just like down in the rest of your system. And if it gets wet, it doesn't work anymore. So most down pads will come with a pump sack. And this is basically, it looks like a stuff sack, but it's got a little nozzle on it. You kind of push the, the nozzle into the pad. It kind of sticks there and you open up this bag, kind of swoosh it through the air. It fills full of air and you roll the bag tight and that squishes the air from uh, outside the pad into the inside of the pad. And you don't have to breathe into it with your lungs, which would carry a bunch of moisture and which would negate the insulation properties of the down itself. Um, I think the last, the last uh, element of sleeping pads we need to touch on is foamies. So I used to bring just like one little square of a foamy to sit on while I glass. It was called a thermarest disease seat. But I actually, it was, it was too small and it didn't insulate very well. And I was going on a winter hunt and somebody said, what you should really do is take one of those Z pads from thermarest, the long body ones, and cut it three quarters of it because you don't need from your knees down. 
and use that as your glassing pad because you can also use it to lay prone. And I've started taking that on all my hunts and I'll never go on another hunt without it. Like it's just such a versatile thing to have. And so what I will do on most hunts is I will keep that in my backpack during the day. And when I'm out walking around and I stop to glass or have lunch, I put that down and I sit on it. And when I get back at night, I slide that under the upper three quarters of my sleeping pad. And this will add an additional, you know, two, maybe two points of, of R value. Um, and it also just makes things a little bit more comfy. And I think under normal circumstances, I don't like short sleeping pads. Like I would never recommend somebody have a three quarter length sleeping surface, but because this is underneath your pad already, I think you can do it. And I don't think you'll experience much drawback, but the other option, if you are in a super lightweight situation is you can just take a foldable, um, Z pad. Uh, the R value is higher than you think it is. It, um, it's not particularly comfortable, but when weight is at a premium and you're in some of those like real, real tough situations, you can definitely survive. That's the other reason I keep it in my bag during the day when I go out, if there is an emergency type situation and I end up spending a night away from camp, at least I would have that to lay down on the ground to take some of the chill out of the ground before it hits my body. Um, there are an unbelievable number of sleeping pads on the market. I think if you keep in mind a couple simple rules, again, if you're a lighter individual, I think you can get away with more because you don't need as much from your sleeping pad. But for me, I got to have that three and a half to four inches thick. I got to have a half decent R value, three plus. Um, I want the largest, you know, at least 25 inches wide and preferably 72 inches long. I sleep better when I've got more room. And I definitely highly recommend a specialty sleeping pad for late season instances, because you don't want to be dragging that thing around with you for the rest of the season. So um, if you have to only have one pad, I would get something like the Neo Air X-Therm. Uh, it's really durable. It's going to have the R value that will protect you in the late season, but then it's also going to be, you know, very usable in the early and, and shoulder season. So you're not gonna, you, you wouldn't technically need a second pad, but I would, I'd run something like a combination of the Q core or C to summit along with the, a specialty pad, like the XPED down mat hyperlate. So there's my thoughts on sleeping pads. Okay, now let's get into um, sleeping bags. So we've already talked about how temperature can be kind of the defining characteristic of how big a bag you're going to bring. But I think climate and weather are the biggest determining bag in what, or the biggest determining factor in what type of material or fill you have in your sleeping bag. So let's, let's talk about that for a second, because everybody's going to have these questions about treated down versus non-treated down versus, um, synthetic material. So here's the thing. Nothing is going to keep you as warm during wet conditions as synthetic. And if you're going in somewhere deep and remote 
I recommend a synthetic bag because it's your last line of defense. If you fall in a creek, if you start to get hypothermia, if you get stuck out from camp in a snow situation or a storm situation, that sleeping bag can save your life. And the synthetic sleeping bag will keep you warm, survivably warm, might not be comfortably warm, but survivably warm through anything. Whereas a down bag and or and or a treated down bag will not do that. Now I've run down and treated down. And something very interesting to note is that somebody told me that enlightened equipment doesn't actually use treated down anymore. And instead what they do is overstuff. So if you ask for, you know, eight ounces of fill, they'll put in nine ounces of fill, but non-treated down. And they said in their experiments, they've had a similar results with those two methods. I'm not sure how I really feel about that. Let me talk to you about experience. So last year on my sheep hunt, the puffy jacket that I took was a down jacket and my quilt was down. Now, previous hunts, I've used my puffy layers to dry me out and my sleep system to dry me out. But on those previous hunts, they were a lot wetter, so I needed it, but they were synthetic. And the thing about synthetic is that you can essentially completely dry out whatever you're wearing if you wear it inside a a, a synthetic sleeping bag or a synthetic puffy jacket and pants. What I found with the treated down is I would get about 80% of the way there. Um, With my down quilt, I would get mostly dry, but there would still be some wet spots on my clothes and on my socks. And I've kind of my smaller back, my low back. Um, Whereas with similar moisture conditions and even more severe moisture conditions, when I'd run a completely synthetic bag or completely synthetic active insulation layer, I was able to get bone dry, like crispy bone dry. So I feel pretty strongly that you can make do with a treated down bag in certain circumstances, but if you're going to be in high moisture level areas, it's just not something I would toy with and I wouldn't recommend it. Just use the synthetic bag because that's what has been designed specifically for your purpose. And I'll talk about my, my goat hunt. Um, I, Last year, I took a Kafaru zero-degree slick bag, a zero-degree Fahrenheit slick bag, um, and it worked phenomenal for me. Now, it's a little bit heavier, but it gets the job done. I would not, under any circumstances, feel comfortable with a treated down bag or a regular down bag on that particular hunt. It's very cold. It's very wet. Um, and there's just too many things that can go wrong. So I made a decision on that particular hunt that my shelter and my sleeping bag were going to be my last line of defense because I went, I kind of over, overdid it just a little bit with each of those. And then because of that, I could cut some corners in some other areas. And I knew that, you know, if things got really bad, I could always just go, go back to the shelter and get in the sleeping bag, which is kind of what ended up happening on a few different occasions. Now, another new bag 
that I've added to the kit just recently is the Sitka Aerolite bag. And I was really surprised with how warm that Aerolite kept me um, on my late season mule deer hunt. Now, in all fairness, it didn't get wet. Um, Aerolite is a, a, a continuous filament synthetic insulation um, that's extremely technologically advanced. Um, it is very, it's very nice and very close to down. Like I would say between my puffy jacket and my sleeping bag, it's got maybe 90% of the heat retention qualities of the um, similar down products. And then finally in my arsenal, I have an enlightened equipment um, quilt. And I think it is a 20 degree Fahrenheit. And the, the Aerolite bag is comfort rated to 30 degrees. But to be honest, I think it's good for a lot more. And you want to layer up clothes, but we'll get into that in a minute. So you can see the three bags I own are enlightened equipment, treated down quilt. I use that for elk hunting a lot because I'm only going in for three days at a time. If there was an emergency situation, I would feel comfortable walking back out to the truck. There's just a lot of reasons I can get away with it. It doesn't, it doesn't typically rain where I go hunt elk, although I've been wrong on that a couple times in the past few years. Um, I have that enlightened equipment down quilt. I have the Sitka Aerolite synthetic sleeping bag, and I have the Kifaru zero degree slick bag. And that's the regular length, but uh, the wide width. Um, and between those three bags, I can basically address any situation that I need to. If I'm going in really deep or cold and I don't know what's going to, what's going to happen, then um, I, I, I bring that Kafaru bag. If it's, if it's, you know, shoulder season or early late season, I'll take that Aerolite bag. And if it's in the summer, warmer or drier or in the fall where I know I'm going to be at the truck every few days, I take that quilt because it literally weighs next to nothing. Um, I think the entire quilt might weigh 20 ounces or something like that. Like my pad and my quilt together weigh less than three pounds. Um, so again, just to back it up, I, I don't not like treated down bags, but if I was going to recommend people to only buy one bag, I would say synthetic because it just treated down bags just don't have the same ability to dry you out the way synthetic bags do. And for the extra six or seven ounces that you're going to be crawling around and for the extra six to seven ounces that you're going to be humping around, it could be a life or death situation. It's a much more versatile bag. So I would recommend getting something middle of the road to begin with, maybe a 20 degree Fahrenheit synthetic bag. I can personally recommend the slick bag, but I know there's lots of other bags that people feel very strongly about. I'm kind of surprised how much I liked this Aerolite bag. And even though it's rated at 30 degrees, I think you can take it much colder with the addition of some layers. And when I opened up the show and I started talking about, you know, different ways of solving a problem, that's kind of what I was trying to allude to because you can try to solve the problem 
with the sleeping bag alone, or you can come up with an alter- alternative solution for the problem by adding in some puffy layers. For example, I'm actually considering taking the Aerolite bag on my goat hunt this winter because I've already got a puffy jacket and puffy pants with me. I think I mentioned this on last week's podcast. So that's it. But that also comes from experience. Like I know the area that I'm going to be going to. I know what weather to expect. And I feel more confident being a bit more aggressive with my gear selection. So, you know, in closing for sleeping bags, another few, another few principles is that I would always try and take a bag that is either good to a little bit further temperature range than what you're expecting, play on the conservative side, unless you're bringing additional puffy layers. If you have puffy jacket and puffy pant, then I wouldn't worry about that because if it gets too cold at night, you can just put on your puffy layers and you're going to add another 10 to 12 degrees to your sleeping bag's comfort rating, no problem. Uh, down versus synthetic. I think it's great to have down options in the arsenal, but I wouldn't rely on them. And if I was going to start my sleeping bag collection from scratch today, I would start with a synthetic bag. Okay. So then we've talked about sleeping pads. We've talked about sleeping bags, given you some general rules, told you what I owned, told you what I'd buy if it was up to me. I think that's a good general breakdown. Again, apologies for, you know, lacking time this week, but this is all we had the ability to get out. So this is what you guys are getting. Now let's finish off with some Instagram Q and A's. All right. Herfy Worfy 10 says, what defines a dry, wet climate? Humidity? I would say rainfall because I care less about what's going on outside than I do about the state that I'm going to be getting into my sleeping bag in. For example, if I was in a wall tent situation, I would feel comfortable in a down bag, no problem, because there's so much room in there. I can take off all my wet clothes. There's not going to be much condensation inside the wall tent, and I can get away with a down bag. But if you're sleeping in like a Hilleberg tent, and it's going to be pounding rain every day, and you're going to have to get into that bag in wet clothes you need to treat that hunt as if it's a wet hunt and you need to be packing synthetic puffy layers and synthetic sleeping bag options. So I look more at potential of rainfall than I do at humidity. Even those two things are tied closely together. Hydrophobic down. Uh, My buddy Ricky says, hydrophobic down. How much can it take, ever take it out in the wet winter hunts? I haven't. Um, I'm not particularly impressed. Like it's okay. I have treated down in my stone glacier puffy jacket. Um, and here's the thing. If I'm really sweaty just from hiking and I put that thing on, I can feel the small of my back get damp and I can feel the down in that area start to become less effective. So I know where you live. I wouldn't be running a treated down bag up there, but that's just me. Uh, another question about hydrophobic down bags. Oh, Matt, Matt Brown mentioned something, which is the compressibility. So here's the deal. You will not be able to compress a synthetic bag as much as you can a down bag. So you got to remember that like my Kafaru slick bag takes up easily twice as much space as my quilt. 
maybe three times as much space as my quilt and 1.5 times as much as the Aerolite system. I was surprised at how well the Aerolite sleeping bag from Sitka uh, packed down, but you are definitely going to take a hit on compression capabilities. ET Banger says what the rating temps actually mean on a bag. And then one tree leather follows up is the rating on the bag. For example, minus 13 Celsius, a comfort rating or a death rating that is different from company to company. The stand-up companies are placing a comfort rating on their bags. So if it's a minus 20 bag, you are going to be comfortable up to minus 20, but you need to follow up with each individual manufacturer to find out how they handle that particular question because other people, other companies can use the same number and mean something totally different by it. Um, one tree leather followed up with the same question. So hopefully I, I got you both. Juby 14 is the new treated down good for cold, wet coastal hunts. In other words, winter goat, or is it best to run synthetic? I got to say run synthetic. And that's because I've been up there and I've seen how wet it is. And it's just not worth it. Uh, Mikmo 618 advantages and disadvantages of mummy and body style sleeping bags. For me personally, I don't like them. It's just like a sleeping pad. This is not an area where I want to feel cramped or constrained. I want to feel comfortable and I want to have room. So I don't like mummy sleeping pads and I don't like mummy sleeping bags. However, for the first time this year, I was in a smaller bag in that Sitka bag. And when you actually committed to being in it, like zipped it all the way up and just, I'm going to be in this thing no matter what, um, it was actually surprisingly comfortable. So I think my mind is still open on that, but as a general rule, I want the bigger roomier stuff, but I'm also quite a large, quite a large guy. Louis Menchaca says, what difference does a liner make? I thought just the bag itself would suffice. I've never used a liner. So the bag itself does suffice. I typically go to bed wearing clothes. If the weather's great, I'll just use my boxers and a t-shirt. If the weather's shit and my clothes are wet, I wear all my clothes. If it's somewhere in between and I can get away with just long johns, that's great too. But because I go to sleep with my clothes on, I don't really feel like a liner does a whole lot for me. But traditionally, they would say a liner could add upwards of 10 degrees in comfort rating to any bag. Uh, Chelsea asks, down or synthetic? I think we've beat that horse to death today. Uh, original Shano says tips to keep bag on the pad are the three quarter pads really worth the, the weight savings. No, they're not get full length pads unless it's the second pad of your system. And you're going to use it in tangent with the first, um, you got to find a flat camping spot. This is my thing about sliding off the pad and people made fun of me who've hunted with me before. Cause I will literally like crawl around on my hands and knees for 15 minutes before finding that spot. Then I'll set the tent up. I'll get in the tent. I'll lay in it. I'll move the tent. I'll get back in. Like it's crazy. I think I probably drive people insane, but it's because if you're even on a, a, an incline of just a, a couple of degrees, you're going to feel like you're going to fall off your pad all night and it's going to drive you absolutely crazy. Um, what is the best sleeping bag cover for cold weather to keep condensation off of bag? Again, I'm going to say with synthetic, it's not really that important. 
It's okay if it gets a little bit wet. It's going to dry out. It's not going to affect its warmth, you know, transmitting capabilities. Um, that being said, some of the better solutions I've seen are one of the SOL emergency bivvies. Uh, buddy of mine had one of those this year. And really any bivy. The reason I don't do it is that most bivvies are going to weigh upwards of a pound and a half or more. And by the time you're bringing that, you could have just bought like a bigger sleeping pad or a bigger sleeping bag or, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just not for me. So um, I don't worry about that too much. Jay Friesen says, drawbacks of hydrophobic down. I think I've covered that, you know, enough. I think the drawbacks are it just simply doesn't work as good. And then Jay Tunky, any comparisons for enlightened equipment quilts and taiga bags and quilts, or even to a Kafaru quilt? So the only quilt I have used is the uh, enlightened equipment quilt. I love it, but you have to know how to use it. They need to be strapped on in a certain way so that they close circulation. Every single person I know that's complained about a quilt did not attach it to their sleeping pad properly. And that was primarily the reason. Uh, do you have experience with Kafaru bags on wet hunts? How do they perform wet as advertised? I think they perform very well. I have a fulcrum that has never had a ton of water inside of it. I, I will cover it up when need be though. Um, I also think they have a bunch of new systems that have that X-Pack, like in the... Uh, the muskeg, and it's basically a waterproof pack. So at that point, there's really no issue. So here's the thing with quilts. You have to attach them to your sleeping pad properly. Normally, there's three areas. There's a strap at the toe box. There's a strap around the hip to shoulder area. And then there's another strap or clip that will do it up behind your head. And if you don't manually strap all those around your sleeping pad, the quilt is not going to lie the way that it's meant to lie. And it's not going to have the insulation properties that it's, that it's supposed to. Another guy asks about Kafaru bags and how they perform wet. Um, I, I think they were, they were great. I never had an issue with it. And then stone glacier treated down versus synthetic for backcountry bag. So I don't have, I've never used the stone glacier bags, but I do have a stone glacier puffy. It's the same type of fill as far as I'm aware. I was a little disappointed at its ability to dry itself out under even moderately wet conditions. And when you compare it against something like the Aerolite puffy or even the Sitka Kelvin light down products that have a combination of primal loft and down. Um, it's just, it just is nowhere near. That's the other thing that I should mention is that there's a difference between a treated down and a down blend. One of the things Sitka has pioneered is this ability to mix synthetic insulation with down. And therefore when the down gets wet, the synthetic insulation still keeps the feathers separated, which still maintains the integrity of the insulation system. So I do think there's more options or there's better options in the hybrid down category than there are in the treated down category. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got. I know we were a little bit all over the shop, but I wanted to make sure to get something out this week. I hope that delivered some value for you. Please get in touch. 
let me know the types of things you'd like to hear about. Let me know the types of guests you'd, you'd let me get on. I really appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the community. And most of all, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a good one.